the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awordforlife.com. Welcome to A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, located in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life. God is on your side. That's all that you need. He is all the help you need. Don't let anybody look down upon you. You cannot and you must not allow those types of things to become crutches to you. You cannot and you must not allow those types of things to become crutches for you. Y'all know what crutches are. Crutches are things that you use to support yourself. That you lean upon them. That you begin to rely upon them. Because you cannot stand on your own. Lord have mercy. We allow our background to become a crutch. I can't because of where, where I come from. I can't because of the way I was brought up. I can't. Because of what I went through. I can't because I ain't got the money. I can't because I don't have the education. I can't. I can't. You've got a crutch you need to let go of. Amen. Amen. Get rid of your crutch. If God is for you, that's all you need to know. Amen. Lord have mercy. And so, and, so, and so Paul is letting Timothy know, Timothy, don't rely upon any crutches. Let nobody despise you for any of these reasons. But notice also, there was that Paul makes a point of telling Timothy not to let anyone look down upon him because of his age. The text, the text says, let no man despise you, despise your youth. Now, Timothy's age was something about Timothy that he had no control over. And he could do nothing about it to either change it or to make it more acceptable to other people. Timothy could dress older, but he would not be older. Timothy could carry a briefcase and a bigger Bible. That would not make him one second older than he was. Timothy could play the part, 
But Timothy could not change the reality of his age. In other words, dear ones, with each one of us, there are going to be things in our lives and about our lives that even if we wanted to do something about it, we have absolutely no ability to change those things or to make them more acceptable to other people. There are some things about you you can't change. Here we go now. Um, if you thought I was messing with you before, I'm going to really start messing with you right now. There are some things about you you cannot change. You cannot change your past. You cannot change what happened to you. You cannot change what, what you went through. You can't change anything. It's, be, it's past you. It's your past. You cannot change it. But you should not and cannot allow it to become a crutch that you use right now and in the future. Amen. You cannot. This Paul says, Timothy, you're your age, you can't change your age. Stop, stop standing on your tiptoes, acting like you, you're taller, you're bigger, you're older. Stop it. You're going to wear yourself out. Amen. There are some things about each one of us, dear ones, that you cannot change. You have absolutely no ability to change it. And even if you wanted to make it more acceptable to other people, there's nothing you can do about it. There are things about each one of us that are fixed issues in our lives. That others will either accept us for it or they will reject us because of it. But you can't do nothing about it. Fixed issues, dear ones, are things like your eye color, your past. Your ethnicity. I can't, if you don't want to accept me because I am an African American, there's nothing I can do about that. Well, if you want to hear me because I'm an African American, praise God. If you don't want to hear me because I'm an African American, praise God. I can't do anything about that. Our upbringing. People will either accept you for those things or reject you because of those things, but there is nothing that you can do to change any of those things. And so it is because of this point that what Paul is encouraging Timothy to do here is not fret over these things or grow discouraged because of these things. Paul is instead telling Timothy to recognize it, realize it, acknowledge it, accept it, digest it, and then move on from it. Let me say that one more time. Paul is basically telling Timothy, Timothy, let no man despise your youth. Notice that Paul doesn't say, let, Timothy, let nobody despise your youth. And because of this, and because of that, and all these other reasons and rationale. No, Paul says, Timothy, let nobody despise your youth. Let's move on. Move on to the next thing. There are some things about each one of us, dear ones, as you endeavor to serve the Lord, there are going to be things about you that people will either accept you for or reject you because of there's nothing you can do about that. That's why Jesus said, if they hear you when you go into the city, if they want to hear you, praise God. Preach to them the gospel. If they choose not to hear you because your eye color is wrong, because you're too tall, because you're too short, because you're too skinny, because you're too fat, because you're this, because you're that. If they choose not to hear you for whatever reason, this is what you need to do. Go out of the city, take your shoe off, shake the dust off, put your shoe back on, and get to step in. Because there's people that need to hear. There's people that you need to serve. There's work that needs to be done. And there's no time for you to fret and be discouraged over these trivial matters. Amen. Amen. No time. Souls are at stake. No time. Lives are in the balance. No time. For these types of things. 
You recognize it. Recognize it basically it means, okay, I recognize you don't want to accept what I'm saying. You don't want to accept me because of whatever the reason. I recognize that. You realize that. You know what? There will be people in that I will experience in life that for whatever reason just will not accept me for whatever the reason may be. You acknowledge it. You don't sit there and, 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 and swim around in the pool of denial. You don't take a dip in denial. Like you're just swimming around. I don't, no, that can't be it. There's got to be something more. Maybe I could do this to get them accept me. Maybe I can do that. Maybe I can do, maybe I got You just accept it. You know what? They don't accept me. You accept it. Here we go now. For many of us, dear ones, here we go now. Lord, have mercy. Thank you, Holy Ghost. For many of you, dear ones, you're more, you're more concerned about impressing people than you are about impressing God. Amen. You're more about, you're more concerned about being people's friends and impressing people rather than trying to be God's friend and impressing God. Accept it. If they don't accept you, accept it. Acknowledge it. Accept it. Digest it. Take it in. Y'all know what happens when you digest something. You take it in. Might not be, might not taste too good, but you take it in anyway. Sister Anna is, is, is taking some things right now. She says, it, it doesn't taste too good, but I'm taking it in. Amen. I'm taking it because it's helping me. It's, it's helping me. It's helping me to feel better. It's helping me to be better. So it doesn't taste good, but I'm digesting it. I take it in. It doesn't feel good for folk to reject you. It doesn't feel good when people don't want to accept you. You digest it. You take it in. Lord, have mercy. And then after that, you get up and get going. You don't sit there, what am I supposed to do? What am I I don't know what to do. I'll just stay here and just be sad and be discouraged and and feel bad about myself and not want to do anything, not want to go, not want to. The Lord is saying, telling me, get up, Lord, I can't get up because they don't want to accept me. So I don't know. If they don't want to accept me, what about the next person? What about they don't accept me either? What am I going to do? Get up. Get going. This is the type of stuff that Timothy is being encouraged to both command and to teach. This is why Paul says, Timothy, these are things that you must teach also. But then notice, dear ones, notice, notice, notice. Paul goes on to talk to Timothy about these things. And he says that he is to, he, he begins to speak to Timothy about the example or the pattern that he is to display and set before others which is an area that he needs to do, that, that he can do something about and have a positive impact in. So Paul, Paul he, he says, Timothy, these are areas that you need to command and teach. Let no man despise your youth. Timothy, don't let people look down upon you because of these various things. There are some things about you, Timothy, you can't do anything about. There are things you can do something about. Why are you focusing on the things you can do nothing about? And why not focus on the things that you can do something about? Why not focus on those areas that you can have a positive impact and make a positive difference? In other words, don't spend your time, your effort, and your energy fretting over things about yourself that you can do nothing about to begin with. Focus your time, your energy, and your effort on those areas of your life that you can begin to improve and you can begin to develop. And dear ones, notice the areas that Paul highlights for Timothy. 
that he needs to pay attention to. Notice what he says. He says, let no man despise your youth, but be an example, a pattern. Set a pattern for others to follow, Timothy. First area you need to focus on is in word. Timothy, I need for you to set a pattern for people that, so that they can follow in your pattern that you're setting. And the first area of that pattern needs to be in the words that you use and in how you use them. We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. But we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work, but in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able, after you have given to the support of your own local home church, if you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on the station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax deductible, and they can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is awordforlife.com. And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message. Now, I, 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 really, I, I really should just spend a whole rest of our time just talking about this. In word. Because we use words like weapons. We use words like weapons. Tell true shame the devil. We use words like weapons. We use words like instruments of cruelty. We use words to punish. We use words to harm. We use words to, de- to denigrate. We use words to tear down. We use words, all ki- we use them all kinds of different ways. Paul says, Timothy, I need for you to be an example in the words you use and in how you use those words. Amen. Amen. Timothy, if they want to know how to encourage somebody in their words, they should be looking at you for that pattern. Amen. They should see a pattern for how you encourage people with your words. Timothy, if they want to see a pattern of how they should deal with things and, and speak to people when they're upset, Timothy, they should be able to look at you and how you deal with people and how you speak to them when you are angry. Timothy, be a pattern for them. For, 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 for many of us, myself included, dear ones, you are not a pattern, you are a cautionary tale. You are not a pattern, you are a cautionary tale. It's not that people look at your life and there is a banner saying, be like this. There is a banner over your life saying, don't be like this. In how you speak to people, and how you talk to them, and how you address them in the various seasons and circumstances of life. 
Of all the areas that Paul says to Timothy, first area I got to deal with is in how you speak to folk. How you talk to people. In the words that you use with people. In the words that you use to people. And not just in word, but Timothy, we got to broaden this thing out because sometimes you can say the right thing, but say it in the wrong way. Amen. Amen. Pay attention, Timothy, to the pattern of your tone and your temperament. Pay attention, Timothy, to the pattern that you're setting with the words that you use. He says, Timothy, first area you got to pay attention to is in your words. Now, everybody, hold your finger here real quickly and turn with me to the book of Colossians real quickly. Colossians. I I need for us to focus our attention on Colossians, the fourth chapter, that sixth verse. Because let's start at verse five, because Paul says something here to the believers in the city of Colossae. He says something to them that is applicable to what Paul is telling Timothy here. Colossians, the fourth chapter, starting at verse 5. Notice what Paul says. He says, walk in wisdom toward them that are without or outside of the, outside of the faith of G- in Jesus Christ. They're non-believers. So walk in wisdom toward them that are non-believers, redeeming the time. But then he goes on to say, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. That you may know how you ought to answer every man. Paul says, Timothy, or, or Paul says to, to these believers, but also a, by, a, by extenuation, he says, Timothy, let your speech be always with grace. Always with grace. Now, right there, dear ones, for many of us, myself included, we fall short of that. Because our speech is not always with grace. Grace is God's unmerited favor. And so Paul is telling these believers, you need to speak to people in a way that is constantly, continuously, without ever ceasing, communicating to them the message that even though you may be wrong in something, the Lord still loves you. God still has a plan for you. There's still hope for you. Sometimes, dear ones, we speak to folk and we, we basically let them know, you, for lack of a better way of saying it, you on your way to a devil's hell and can't nobody do nothing for you. You have no hope. There is no way out of this. Sorry. Sucks to be you. That's how we speak to folk. That's how we talk to people. We give them no hope. We give, them no, we give them no possibility of redemption. We give them no way out of the situation. We let them know that, the, that where they are and how they are, they're going to be that way forever. Paul says, don't speak to people like that. Don't talk to people in that way. Even when you're angry, even when you're upset, do not speak to people in that manner. Let your speech be always with grace. Unmerited favor. God loves you. And I love you too. God cares for you. And I care for you also. God has a plan for you. And I want to help you as you fulfill that plan. Amen. 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 Let your speech be always with grace. Seasoned with salt. 
Now, 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 we, we season our speech with strychnine and with arsenic and with, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, you know dillweed. <laughs> we put whatever sour stuff we can get in there. Got some mud, let me put that in there. We, we, we season our speech with a lot of stuff. Paul says you need to season your speech with salt. Salt is a preservative. It helps to sustain stuff. Salt is also used as an antiseptic. We talked about this. It's used to keep, to keep infection down. And salt is also used as a flavoring agent. It makes things that are bitter sweeter. Your speech to others should always be seasoned with salt. Seasoned with salt. Before you say something, evaluate not just what you're going to say, but how you're going to say it. Evaluate it and make sure there's a good dose of salt in it. Make sure. Before you say, I got to get the salt shake out. Put a little more in there. Because the way I was going to say it, it was bitter. The way I was going to say it was going to do more harm than good. The way I was going to say it wasn't going to preserve nothing. I was looking to tear stuff down. Get your salt shaker out. Put some salt in it. Back in 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter, he says, Timothy, first area, be a pattern in word. Second area that Paul says, notice what he says, in conversation. Now the word conversation that he is using here is not necessarily talking about how he speaks because he's already addressed that. Conversation, it it, it basically is describing that Timothy needs to set a pattern for others in how he lives and how he conducts his life. Your conversation. You know, if, if, if I was to come up to Sean, and say, you know, you know, Sean says, Pastor Fields, you, hey, Pastor Fields, what's going on? Hi. Says, well, okay, well, you know, how are things going? You know, you know, you doing okay? You know, anything I can do for you? Okay, Pastor Fields, all right. And then he goes over to Brother Folsom, Brother Folsom, you know, is something okay, Pastor Fields? He said, yeah, yeah. I thought you were already just having a conversation with him. No, I heard a word from him. I didn't have a conversation. Did y'all catch the the analogy? All I heard was a word. A conversation is a dialogue. Ongoing words. Past feels, how you doing? I'm doing good, bro. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Everything going okay with you? Everything's, I'm good, man. Everything's going to good with me. Everything going with you? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going through some things. Well, what you going through, bro? Talk to me about it. Let's, let's pray about this thing. Let's get together. It's such an agree. Okay. Well, I, I, Pastor feels, you know, I, I feel better now. You know, you, you have a good day. Well, you have a good day, too. That's a conversation. Amen. It's a dialogue that goes back and forth. There's an exchange that takes place. Paul tells Timothy, Timothy, be an example in conversation. In the manner in which you live, one day to the next, to the next, to the next, and to the next. Y'all don't like me now. Y'all don't like me now. Y'all don't like me. Because we think I'm going to be a pattern today. But they don't ask me about Tuesday. Because Tuesday wasn't a good day. And Wednesday, I wasn't (laughs) good. Ask me about Friday. I was okay Friday. 
So Monday and Friday, ask me about. But Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, let's not talk about that. So we have gaps, and we have spaces, and we have periods of time that we don't want to bring up because we were not at our top. We weren't at the very best. We weren't kind of doing what we were supposed to be doing, and and we were kind of not in the place that the Lord would have for us to be. Paul says, Timothy, I need for you to have some consistency in your life. Consistency of behavior, consistency of conduct, consistency. Hello, dear ones. This is Pastor Michael Fields. And here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's Word in order to find a word for life. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.